Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Get all the latest football headlines and bite-sized opinion in the brand new Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Join Mark Smith, Martin Gritton, and a conveyor belt of guests as they dissect all the biggest stories in one small, perfectly formed package. Take five to ten minutes out of your day to stay up to date with everything that matters in football, whether it's a big result from the night before, a new excuse from Jurgen Klopp, a shocker of a VAR decision, or a new chapter in the ongoing Man United soap opera, we will cover it. All the latest news, every weekday lunchtime, on the Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Look for the Whistleblowers wherever you get your podcasts. Well, welcome everybody to another Spurs show. It's Theo Delaney here at a very special live Spurs show here at the Albany in London. Later on, this vast audience will be treated to a very special guest in the shape of Mickey Hazard. We've got a special Mickey Hazard event later on tonight. But before that, we have our regular weekly show. And I'm delighted to say I have an esteemed panel of two with me here, either side of me here on this huge stage. Uh, on my left, from the proud Lily Whites, welcome back, Chris Paros. Hello, hello. Thank Nicely. you for having me. You look, you look absolutely bone dry, which is some achievement after we saw you getting absolutely drenched on the pitch yesterday at half time. We got properly rained on. Incredible. It started just as we came out and it was a proper deluge. Yeah. But yes, I have dried out, I'm pleased to, <laughs> yeah. I'm pleased to say. Yeah, Coity just about held it. He, he's seen some, some funny events, old Coity, over the years. Anyway, that must have been one of his, not his most uncomfortable event, but one of them. And also to my right, the legend... Martin Lipton, how are you, Martin? Well, I was okay until about 4.30 yesterday. Yes. <laughs> well, quite, since. well, quite, Martin, exactly. And that is what we're faced with here. We've actually got four games to discuss here, which is unusual in one, in one go, but we've got two that we've seen and wish we hadn't, <laughs> and two 
coming up and I guess we might as well do the well let's I always think it's best to talk about the one that's freshest in the mind first yesterday we talked about the deluge that came at half time but there was a deluge or at least a minor sort of drizzle of booze at half time and at the end because Tottenham lost at home for the first time I think since April in fact I think it's the first time we haven't won a game this season at home to Newcastle United yesterday how surprised first of all were you Chris Funnily enough, before the game, you think, oh, well, Newcastle are in good form. They seem to be really well organised. They've shown themselves to play like good attacking football. They've got some great new players, all of those things. Then, of course, you arrive in the ground and you go, we can beat anyone. We're going to score five goals. It's going to be brilliant. And that's genuinely how I felt before the game. And actually, in those first sort of 15 minutes, I was like, hmm, okay, this looks good. Sonny had a couple of great chances. And I think it would have been a completely different game if those had gone in. Mm. I think, you know, I'm sure we'll come on to this. We're organised in a certain way of like wanting to be hard to beat. Mm. And we, we, we sit back and try and soak up that pressure and try and hit on the counter and all, those, and all the rest of it. And if we're one up, we're in a much better position when we're doing that than if we're on the back foot. And we were just on the back foot. I took my mum with me yesterday, actually. It was very interesting. My mum's not a huge football fan, but, you know, she's a good analyzer of the world. And she asked me very quickly, who's that little one in the middle? She was very impressed by Oliver Skip. Yeah, um, as well as Sonny, of course, because everyone loves Sonny. Mm. But certainly in that first half, she was Oliver, she thought Oliver Skip was good. And then afterwards, she was like, Are there more of th- were there more of them on the pitch than you? Was her the other question she asked. It did seem like that at yeah. times, I must admit. It yeah. occurred to me. It really did. Martin, how much were those two goals killed us? As well? uh, You know, they came quickly one after the other. How much did you put them down to individual, stupid individual mistakes? Uh, we've seen this too often, haven't we? I mean, first of all, you look at the team sheet. And you recognise that injury forces selection sometimes. But it also shows you the limitations, I think, of the squad. In that he had, or the manager's view of the limitations of the squad. In that he's got three right backs, one of whom he doesn't fancy at all, one of whom he thinks has had too many injuries, and the, thir- and the third one who he picks who no one fancies other than him, which is not ideal. Or I have to say, I don't think you can blame Emerson again yesterday I thought he was he was actually as, as good a performer as anyone on the pitch the trouble is he doesn't hurt teams he stops teams quite well he doesn't hurt teams but when you see Sanchez rather than Romero the first thought is oh dear let's be honest because he, people haven't got faith in him in the same way they have that may be a bit unfair but I think that's a general view amongst supporters and also those who criticize and castigate Hoberg should think again because he does all the horrible jobs on the park that nobody else can do. And I think he was missed yesterday because what he does well, that Brighton game, for example, he just gets in in places to pick up the ball and stops momentum building. And I thought we played okay for the first 20 minutes or so and possibly could have, probably should have gone one up. I think um, Son should score when he's put through. And if the ball rebounds off the keeper from Kane's shot to him, he probably scores. But then we make back-to-back mistakes and they were poor, poor goals. The sort of goals you, you feel are quite debilitating to concede because they're, whether or not it's a foul by Wilson, my first thought was that's a goal. I think the keeper's made a blunder. Mm. And I could, the more I looked at the replays and when the VAR check was going on, the more I thought there was a chance we could get away with it. But my initial thought was he's made a mistake. And 
then the mistake he makes a lot, which is his distribution, which has never been the best, initially leads to the second goal. But both Sessegnon and Longley have got to do better than that. You know, and I, I, I couldn't do it. I'm not a football player, but it's their job. And Sessegnon was slow to react. And quite why Longley decided just, not just to show him the outside, but let him go there, I, I don't know. And, and to be fair to Almond, he took it really well. It's a bit like that, that Archie Gemmell goal against uh, Holland back in 78. That sort of finish for, for Scotland. It's a really clever finish. And he's playing, he is playing well. And they are a decent team. Uh, and I don't think anybody, if we're being honest, in this room or, out, or at home listening to this, can deny that the right team won that game because we didn't deserve to win the game. We might have nicked a result at the end, but we paid the price you should pay for making bad errors, I think. Does it worry you that the team didn't seem to be able to come back from it mentally? It seemed like they were shaken by it. Uh, and do you think there's anything in this talk of Conti not signing his contract perhaps permeating the, you know, bad vibes in the squad? No, I think it's just they didn't play very well. Um, and I think they were on a low having not played well at United which was a poor performance. I think the longer Kulisevsky is absent, the more his absence appears a significant factor. Mm. Not because he's the answer to all our prayers, but because of the threat he carries changes the way teams have to play against Tottenham. Mm. They, they can't commit themselves in the same way because they're worried about him hurting them on, on the counter. So if you look at, there are three key players missing from that team from the starting lineup which for me are Kulisevsky, Hoberg and Romero, that's 30% of the outfield team and the rest of the squad isn't yet good enough to make up for that against good teams. Against poor teams, you've got and a chance. And not forgetting a, a, like a bench threat from Richarlison. We had, we had no, no options Because I think the bench, even yeah. if Richarlison's not going to be your starter, having him as an option is going to make a difference. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm with Martin on that one. I don't think there's necessarily um, bad like vibes in the squad. Mm. But I do think their heads were down. I think off the back of Manchester United. And then also you've got your captain, your... Um, you know, you're one of your most experienced players making that sort of like such a rick and when you're feeling a bit down and then you're like, oh gosh, is this going to, what's going to happen now? Is this our, you know, like I'm sure they're all as superstitious as we are. And but oh no, look, well, we've done this yeah. now and we've been on this great run and now we're not going to be on a great run. And I, I think the positive is that everybody else apart from City of the big six dropped points. So it wasn't a catastrophic yeah. weekend. We are... Look at the table. If you've been offered after 12 games third at the start of the season, let's be realistic, within four points at the top of the league, yeah, we'll settle for that. And I think we've all got to recognise that this is going to be the most unusual season. Yeah. If we take the COVID year, which obviously will never hopefully be repeated, this is the only... This is a season which, again, will never be repeated. And nobody quite knows where they're going to be in February, March because of the proliferation of, of, of games. So to be in the top four fight at the World Cup break is actually critical. What we don't want to be is 12th on yeah. 14 points. Well, you know, it, it's going to be fourth, third, fourth, fifth, where, that sort of area, which is a, a, a proper starting point. But... I do think there's a need for significant reinforcement in key areas in, in January. That, I think, will make a massive difference. Chris, do you think we'll... Do you think 
we'll buy in January? And if so, what, what do you think we'll be looking for? Well, I mean, it's all the it's 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 proper depth that I think we're after. I think we need a, a, a left centre back because actually, I'm not sure Longley is a, um, a loan signing anyway. And I do like I did like Ben Davis when I when he last played actually, but we know that Ben's you know sort of getting into the the latter part of his career. So I think we need a left centre back. We're still crying out for someone to create a bit of a spark and a bit of magic in in the in the midfield. Um, and, and, you know, given it's Conte, I'm sure he'll want more um, yeah. reinforcements at, at fullback, frankly. Have you heard any rumours, Martin? Well, from... I, the late, latest today, I saw McKenney at, at um, the American has been, at Juve being... Western McKenney. Yeah. He's been linked a few times, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah, uh, and but there's been talk of um, various centre-halves, about five mm. different left-sided centre-halves. I think, look, he'll be knocking on the door and screaming and shouting. And that's his job as a manager. And he's got his compatriot who appears to have um leave his ear and more importantly leave his confidence about making changes mm -hmm. and i think they will spend because they got the the income stream to do it now this is mm -hmm. the thing we they're going to have if they as long as they get through into the latter phase of the champions league which hopefully they they do income this season revenue this season are over half a billion quid for the first time which given their wages are relatively low of, you know, 55% of, of revenue on previous revenues, it gives them a huge capacity to spend money, which COVID denied them. You know, we had the years where they were being careful because of the stadium costs. And then the flood, the, 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 open, the grand opening and the expectation of six million quid per home match suddenly disappearing for 18 months mm. has had a, a significant knock-on effect in terms of how they could could spend now they you know they took the loan which allowed them to oh the, the the refinancing deal they had in the summer so they have that facility they have the income stream they're not in any issues with e any version of ffp uh, and also the new uefa version allows them to spend even more because it's 90 percent of revenues so they're not going to have an issue at all on, on, on that. I mean, even when it goes to 70%, because of the extra revenue they've got, they're going to be in a good position. Mm -hmm. And the chairman, I think, knows that there's an expectation of, of spending on, on proper players now. So I think long-term things are okay. And I think the way to go long-term is to do things medium and short-term. And short-term is to, is to spend money, not silly money, no, but to you know, decide where you're going to need to to strengthen and do it. And also there's four or five players in the squad who, if we're being honest about it, no one will... You know, what's the point at the moment of, of Hill? Doesn't, hasn't kicked a ball. I think you look at Saar and think, is he ever going to play this season? No, well, let's get him out on loan to play some... Preferably the championship and play some football, mm. I think. Mm. Lucas, if he went, really? Would there be too many broken hearts? I don't think so. Um, Tanganga's not going to play... Sanchez, I think you could get, get rid of and get Spence some football. I mean, that doesn't mean that Spence hasn't got a future, but he hasn't got a present. So get him out on loan as well. Just get him to play some football. Get him, you know, get this, preferably in the, in the Premier League and playing mm. so that next season he's a, he's a le legitimate option to start. But mm. at the moment, unless the manager thinks, right, I'm going to have that time with him in the, under no pressure. Because remember, he came mm. in late, very late in the day. He didn't yeah. have a full pre-season. The second free season they're going to get in November, December could be an opportunity for him to really work with him because there's only going to be eight or ten players there. And he maybe wants to see him, see, sees a place for him if he's got into his head. Because I think 
in terms of what he, he offers, we saw him at, at Forest last season, he could offer more than either of the other two going forward particularly, but he doesn't trust him yet discipline-wise, tactical-wise. And you know with Conte, he's a believer in shape and formation and, you know, and, and a, a concept. Mm. It's been a funny week for Hugo Lloris, hasn't it? Because he was a hero, man of the match against Manchester United, despite the fact we got completely turned over. But it could have been six, couldn't it, without mm. him? And then on uh, Sunday, you know, without his mistakes, we probably wouldn't have lost the game. I mean, at what point do you say about someone like Hugo Lloris, who, all right, he's captain of France, he's, putting all the, all, he's captain of the club, he's putting all these appearances, but what, at what point do you say he costs us more goals than, all the, than the other top club's goalkeepers cost us? Shouldn't we be looking for an alternative? I think he makes more saves than a lot of them do as well. Yeah, I, think, I don't think we can say that, but I, I watch Hugo every week and think, oh my God, what are we going to do when he's, when he's finished? Because obviously he's coming towards the end of his career. And I think we're going to have a big job to replace him, actually. And yeah, look, you know, he made a mistake. I wonder how much of that is because we're constantly thinking about how we're going to play out from the back. Mm. And so he's thinking at that moment, I'm not just going to boot it. I've got to go by my instructions and put it out to a fullback. And then you kind of get flustered. I don't know. I'm I mean, that, a... that pass to Sessignon was absolutely so bad on it, so many levels. Yeah, it? it wasn't the best. And we've seen that from him before. But I mean, one of the ones that you'd think of as a potential replacement is the chap who's in the other goal on mm. yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Two things you think against it. His distribution's even worse. <laughs> he really, he's a good shot stopper, but he's not got great distribution. And God, I can't stand keepers who waste time like he did yesterday. I really, yeah, I mean, really don't. Well, we'll take a break. We should probably talk about time wasting because they, they turned it into a, an art form, didn't they? Let's take a quick break and we'll be back. And we are back here at the Albany. And just before we carry on, you might like to know that for premium content, including a daily news show, ex-player interviews and original documentary series on Spurs, go to patreon.com forward slash Spurs show and support our show in the process. Uh, Spurs show merchandise is available now. There are Spurs, Peter Cook, Bob Marley, Bruce Forsyth, <laughs> Emma Raducanu, Adele and Paul Whitehouse T-shirts. What a five-a-side team that would be. <laughs> Antonio, <laughs> Antonio Conte and Hugh Min Son designs are also available. Click the link in the description to this podcast. Uh, yeah, good game, good game. Yeah. Our monthly London live show, it says, here, are, are returning. Well, we're the living proof. <laughs> we, we have returned. You can sign up and join us at these brilliant shows at season.spurshow.net. Uh, and you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and please leave us a nice review on iTunes if you get a moment. Now, before we uh, move on to other matters, yeah, let's just talk a little bit about this, because this time-wasting business, I mean, Chris, I mean, there you, there you are. You've, you've stood on the pitch. You know, you, you, you have not been deterred. You've been interviewed about important matters. You've come off that pitch drenched out. The last thing you want to see is a team ruining, spoiling, stopping, killing the game with time-wasting for the, for, the, for the second half. What did you make of it? Yes, it's awful. And, you know, it's good to turn them into a pantomime villain. But let's get it right. If that was us exactly. uh, away, we'd be delighted at how we were able to and do laughing it. laughing at it from the stands. Exactly. And yeah. going, look, look how great this is. Yeah. I, I, actually, I thought that Foster was the prime example of how to do yeah, it. We he used to watch, but I think that Pope has clearly taken his mantle by Ben Foster because he, yeah. it's 
unfortunately legitimate tactic. What's really interesting, I was thinking to some of the chaps here earlier, um, FIFA or the International FA Board have actually finally realised it's an issue. And so it may be, according to IFAB at least, that at the World Cup, referees are going to actually stop what's seen as unnecessary delays to play. Now, they say it, let's see it, as it were, and that those, those teams who try to stop the ball being in play, obviously and blatantly, will be penalised by more injury time. I want to see it. I'm not sure I believe it. If it continues to be an issue in the game, I think we will end up having a standardised 30 minutes per half ball in play because there'll, there'll be a de de demand for that. At the moment, that's been rejected by IFAB. And remember, the FA and the other home nations are half of IFAB, so we're responsible. We can moan about FIFA, actually. It's the British who decide on the laws. And so you can, and the person who writes the laws is David Ellery, enough said. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, so I think there may be interesting whether this actually does happen in the World Cup and there is a clampdown because it needs to be done. But while you can get away with it, you're going to try and get away with it. Yeah. Because what I thought yesterday actually was after he got booked, I was like, well, he's going to, he's never going to get sent exactly. off. Exactly. He's never, like the referee is in no way going to suddenly go, right, you're carrying on, I'm going to send you off. But I mean, that would be the way to, to sort of like knock it on the head, Absolutely. certainly for the rest of this, yeah. <laughs> for the rest of this they part of the season. They need to say, this is what's going to happen. And yeah. then they probably need to do it once and some keeper's going to get sent off. There'll be an absolute crazy. But maybe, do you think, uh, so if they do this in the World Cup, then the likelihood is that then it becomes the standard, the which is yeah. which for everyone yeah. um, for yeah. next season. So this yeah. is supposed to be the, the I've been promised by the IFAB that you will you will see a difference yeah. in in Qatar. I mean, you like to think if it works in Qatar, they should take it on straight away. Really, shouldn't they? Because why not? If it works in the World Cup, is supposedly the highest level of football yeah. in the world. Why not just why not just do it straight away? I would have thought. But they've got to do something because, you know, when you sit there and you paid all that money and you you just think, what with VAR. And the time wasting. He spent a lot of the time sitting there not watching football, but just. Mind just sometimes that's good with Spurs. <laughs> yeah, but also, well. five minutes at the end seemed wrong. I mean, yeah. I no, mean, mate, have I got it? They got seven. They got they got eight at Liverpool, seconds. didn't they? It's and not it thirty cost seconds them. anymore for a substitution. Do that, is that supposed not? to be thirty seconds it for is. a substitution? Because if it is, and that would have been the goal. five minutes alone, yeah. let alone all the time wasting yeah. and everything. Also, there was there were three minutes to look at or two minutes to look at the Kane goal. Yeah. yeah, and why is it not possible for a referee to add that stuff up when we can? Anyone can see it. I mean, it's just simple. Mm. It, it, I just don't understand it. It's, that referee was. I mean, I, I hate slagging referee, individual referees off, but he was weak, wasn't he? He looked like yeah. a man who was trying to do everything completely by the book and actually wasn't very good. I, I mean, I think remember, got to remember, he's a relatively new new ref yeah. who's come over from Australia because actually he. Was, he was seen as Australia's best, Asia's best referee. Mm. He had worked VAR, and there was a really good clip of him doing a VAR call, uh, a live one, as it were, and, you know, and they, they showed the video of him and how he engaged. Uh, he's used to that, and that's one of the reasons they got him in. He's um, doing some sort of uh, medical um, thing at Liverpool John Moores University. Mm -hmm. That's why he's come over here from right. Australia. Uh, and he's supposed to be a good referee, but I think at the moment he's still trying to find his, his yeah, feet. I mean, and you, there's an issue this year with referees because they've lost a lot of them. Mm. And also the, their two best refs, T uh, Taylor and, uh, and Oliver, whatever you think of them, they are the two best refs. Mm. And they can't do as many matches as they would do because of UEFA 
duties and also very soon they'll be going away for the World, World Cup. Cup. Yeah. So they've had to promote referees quicker than they normally would and I think there's an issue in that as well. Some yeah. of actually It's quite an issue decent. throughout the game though as mm. well because we're losing referees at a grand rate throughout the game mm. and actually if that's the case there's only a certain amount of time before that has a knock on at the, at the top of the game. Mm. Yeah, because they won't come through will they? I mean, it must be tough if you come from the other side of the world and suddenly you're in the Premier League. I mean, that must be, even, however good you are and however many internationals you've done in Asia, that must be tough. So we'll cut him a bit of slack on that, on that basis. <laughs> now, let's talk about the next game, Sporting Lisbon on Wednesday night at home. Now, this is a game that we need, if we win, we're through to the group stages. Which be, everyone can breathe a big sigh of relief and that's something to nicely look forward to in January. But given our form, we've lost two on the bounce, we've lost at home, we've got injuries. Does this suddenly fill you with a certain amount of dread, Chris? Yes and no. Yes, for all the reasons that you've just said. No, because we're always hopeful, right? Forever hopeful. Also, I just kind of like the the fact that their manager's been a little bit unsettled. So you're hoping there's a little bit of kind of uncertainty there. And look, you would hope that there's enough motivation in the team and enough motivation in Conte that he can engender in them to say, let's go away and do this and not have to wait to... So let's go and do this at home and not have to wait... Um, to play Marseille because yeah. that's going to be a tough game at their place and so actually let's just put it to bed there and you'd hope even with the injuries you know we should have enough and look they're a good they're a good side we saw that yeah. and they're you know they're well organized the manager's in demand all of those things however at home under the lights all that excitement of the Champions League you've got to hope that they feel it as much as we do and we can, you know, and we can nick it. I don't mind. We can nick it. It can go in off Emerson's shin, whatever. That's absolutely fine. They've got two of their starters red carded, so not available, which helps. Yeah. Um, and since the they won their first two games, they've lost the next two against Frankfurt, who aren't very good, you know. Oh, not for, against um, Marseille, rather, who are pretty, organ pretty organised and not special by any stretch. They're not in great in great form, um, and knowing that a win gets Spurs through, oh, yeah. that should be enough of a motivation. I think that you know at least, at least we get a second chance if we then go if we, and if we lose, then a, a, a win in Marseille, which is a big a big ask mm. in the circumstances, gets you through. I'm not worried about finishing first or second. I just want to get through. Yeah. I want to win the game and then it's done. And it doesn't matter what happens in Marseille. Play the reserves, whatever. It actually makes sense to play the play different players mm. because you've got Liverpool on the following, on match. The following yeah. match. So, yeah. that's, you know, that would be the ideal rather than having to go with your first 11, which... You're not concerned about not getting one of the bigger teams. But I guess some of the bigger teams finish second in the Well, they're bound anyway, to, yeah. yeah. And yeah. also nature of it is you're going to get a decent team you could get lucky and get Bruges if you yeah. come if you if you come second because Bruges are going to win their group yeah. and then you think what a brilliant draw you know so you just don't know and if nice you get, train journey as well if yeah, you, nice if, place to if, visit if, if you can if you're going to go deep in the thing you have to beat good teams at some point anyhow and you know we're talking about you won't play them until February that's a long way away and who knows what the team will be by then yeah do you think, just something that's occurred to me, do you think that any of our players who are going to the World Cup have got half an eye on that and worrying about getting injured before then? I think even more so after watching Varane at the, at the weekend. Yeah. And I don't blame them. Because you see, we saw it with Richarlison when he thought he was out of the World Cup. Yeah. And he wasn't. Varane clearly thought at that instant he was out of the World Cup. All this, oh, who cares about international football? It's about club football. Well, clearly the players care. The ones yeah. who are in it 
want to be there, and particularly for the ones at the bigger teams or the ones who've never been before. I don't know if I'm imagining it, but watching them, you know, watching them yesterday, I was thinking, are they really going into every tackle in a way that they might have done? Maybe I was just sort of putting what I was thinking onto them as I was watching. But it did make me think with, you know, with, with only a few, a handful of games to go, it's got to be on your mind. Well, for some, I think for some of them aren't going to go anywhere, aren't you? Yeah. Know? I mean, it's, it's, I think the next few, the closer you get to it, the more that's going to be evident. Yeah. Mm. That you're going to see players. And of course, the danger, if you, if you only go half into a tackle, you're probably more likely to it's get worse, injured yeah. than if you don't because you're not fully committed and your leg's in the wrong angle or whatever. Yeah. There's going to be some big players missing this World Cup just because. It's, just, it's really unfortunate, but that's what happens in normal years. And as I said earlier, this is an abnormal year because we never had a mid-season World Cup before. And we will get one again. The question is, will they get it in 2030 or 2040? Well, or 2042, rather. There's going to be another one. It Why? Could be because we'll get another one in, in a very hot region, you mean? Well, because Bla- uh, Saudi Arabia won a World Cup. So if they want it, they'll get well, it. You, yeah. not, you don't mean climate change or anything? No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, you know, at the moment, it's a real chance that Saudi get 2030. Uh, when's the bidding for that? Is that imminent? Um, looking for a decision in 24. Because there's always been talk over the years about eradicating corruption from that, that whole process and that money wouldn't necessarily talk in the future and that even things like human rights records might come into it. The thing about the bidding now is that it isn't 12 people to vibe. Right. It's, it's a lot more it, than that. It's, well, it's 211 nations. Yeah. So you're not going to vibe them all. But what you don't, you don't have to. Because if, if Infantino wants it to be in Saudi, when they're at the moment looking to do a joint, bizarre three-nation and three-continent bid with Egypt and Greece, quite how Greece are involved, I do not know, but they are. Mm. If he wants it to happen, he will tell CONCACAF and Africa and Asia that he would like them to vote that way. Well, and, and then no, in return, he gives them extra resources he, to build he, yeah, stadiums. And it's and not dodgy money. No. It's the money for the football it, community. And, it all, and yeah. you know, the, what I would say about Infantino's regime is it isn't blatter. It, it, yeah. Blatter allowed corruption to take place. He wasn't, I don't think, involved in taking the dough. He just knew where the, who was taking the dough, and they knew that he knew. And as long as they didn't cross him, he let them get on with it. Right, I'm really confused. Now, and they right? have, and to be fair, they have changed the some of the criteria yeah. since since Russia and Qatar got the World Cups. Good. But they are there are just several added to a long list, mm. right. so you can you you don't you, you cannot meet them, but meet all of the others and then still pass the threshold. But as it, I as I understand, yeah. It. But okay. I mean, I remember that the Qatar bid was for a summer World Cup. Yeah, which was in, which, yeah. which and that's FIFA, what they got awarded, which FIFA said was infeasible. Dvorak, who was the FIFA medical officer, wrote in his in the sort of evaluation report said that it cannot go there to the executive committee. It cannot go to Qatar because it would be inhuman and unsafe. And they still voted for it. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get back to from Qatar. Let's go to another sunny climb, Bournemouth, because that's where Spurs visit this weekend. So they'll have had, uh, this schedule is obviously quite bruising. Although, you know, everyone keeps on about, oh, the schedule, the schedule. I mean, you know, we've got Mickey Hazard with us tonight. In the early 80s, 
you know, Spurs were playing two games a week habitually with a small squad. I remember right? them playing three games in a week and winning them all one nil at yeah. home to get into Europe so in what, about 80, so, 85. So when they go on about, oh, these days these players have to play, sometimes they have to play twice a week. It's not new, is it? No. What, what's, the big, what's the big deal? Anyway, we've got Bournemouth at the weekend having played Sporting at home. Uh, so a short trip to Bournemouth. Bournemouth are on a, a been, had been doing very well under their... They got the new manager bounce, didn't they, under O'Neill. Is, but, but that's showing signs of... Um, well, we'll see how yeah. they get on tonight. Obviously, yeah. they're playing but they tonight. they lost at home to Southampton. But they lost at home to Southampton. So maybe that bubble has burst. This is obviously a great opportunity to get the league form back on track. But, you know, the, a lot of butts there. What, what do you think, Chris? Do you think we can go and win I think there? we have to. Yeah. I think we actually have to. Because I think if we... If we look at, you know, you mentioned sort of booze at the at the um, end of the game, which seems daft after yeah. it being 10 games. It's like we're not going to win. Every, nobody wins every game. And we do have a, a massive expectation at home. And I th- But I think away against the likes of Bournemouth, if we've got any ambition, mm. no disrespect to Bournemouth, I think they're a lovely club, etc., we have to be able to to go and to go and beat them and beat them convincingly because I think that's the other thing is just to have something that gives us all a little bit of hope for what's next. Yeah. And just on the uh, on the several games a week, I, compl- I I I hear what you're saying, but I think the physical demands on players now are different pro- mm. to that. Yeah, but so is the sports sciences involved? They're fitter, they have yeah. better diets, don't they? So those things maybe balance out. I mean, it's certainly a, a, a faster game. Yeah. They run further. They run faster. And- yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I just think they. Uh, I don't know. But what it takes do you, a lot out of you. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't want to have a game. As you can see, I'm not a professional footballer. <laughs> However, you know, if you think about what they put their bodies through, yeah, and yeah, their, I know, you it's know, and intense, the constant yeah. sort of up and down of yeah. like exactly that of how yeah. you manage that, yeah. even when you've got all the support in the world, it's a you know, it is a big deal. Yeah, yeah, okay. So uh, Martin, what do you think? We're going to win at win at Bournemouth if the if the club or the team is com- is anything like they should win shouldn't they yeah. yeah i mean let's be honest bournemouth are a decent side but if you harbour ambition of being in in the champions league places this is a match you have to win yeah doesn't mean you will win because things can go against you you know we, we, we played the, played them before i remember a game where we managed to lose one nil because we had two players sent off uh, and even then we were it was injury time goal conceded wasn't it and then the next time we drew nil nil when kane should have had a penalty in the first half Clear penalty not given. And then previously, Kane got injured. We, we had no idea and won 4 1. It was terrible for 45 minutes and then won the game 4 1. So yeah. you know, you, you've got to play, haven't you? You've got to perform. Yeah. Um, there seems to be quite a lot of grumbling, you know, on social media, etc., about Conti. I mean, we had the booze at the weekend. We have some, we've got people grumbling about him not signing the contract, but then on the other hand, they're grumbling about the quality of the football, how Pochettino's football was much better, how he's been found out, his system has now been found out, and all of that stuff. I mean, where do you stand on Conti, Martin? I mean, is he still the answer? Is he st- are we still lucky to have him? Or do you, think, do you think there is an element of him being too rigid? Well, you know, this time last year, we were just coming out of the disaster, which was yeah. the, the only disaster. You called it. Well, the, the only disaster that was worse than the trust premiership was the... Well, I was going to say, he's like, he, was, he was basically... The Nuno tr- He was managed. our trust. He acted it out before it happened. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, I think Conti is a proper manager. And no one was complaining in May when they put those series of results together. Yeah. No one was complaining really two weeks ago when we were... Let's just... We can have a, the odd spell when you don't win games. 
I still think we're in a much better place as a club and a team now than we were this time last year. You know, the, it's chalk and cheese. And the gripes are because everyone moans when you don't win yeah. or when you don't play fluent football. You don't, how many teams have scored more goals than Spurs this season? Two? City and Arsenal? Mm. You know, it's not as if we're grinding out one, one nils with own goals. We've actually had a reasonable season. Look at the table now. If you've been offered third, four points off top after 12 games in August, would you really have turned it down? I don't think so. Now, you can say, let's get, there's a long way to go and we need to play better. I think we are missing Kuliseski, particularly because of the danger and what he does to teams. It's not terrible. The, tr the, the thing about, I mean, being a football supporter is that someone's told me, you know, things are never as good or as bad as you think they are. <laughs> And I think that's it with, with football as well. You, you are prone to judgment because you, you wear it on your sleeve. It matters to you. You know, let's be honest, we're all, everyone here and everyone at home, if we were that depressed or excited by Spurs, we'd, we'd never have a life, would we? I mean, it is, it is football and there are frustrations. But, you know, they, Spurs have been ruining people's weekends in 1889. We shouldn't be too surprised if they, if they <laughs> ruin one again. And at least they wait until the weekend was over this time. <laughs> it, wasn't, All right. it wasn't the best, but let's move on. Let's do some actual hard and fast predictions then, because I'm, I have to, I'm sorry, I'm obliged to get them. Chris, tell me your prediction for the Sporting Lisbon game first. 2-1. Martin? I think they'll nick a 2-0. 2-0. OK, and Bournemouth, starting with you, Martin. Edge out a 2-1. 4-0. Whoa! I'm going 2-0 I'm going and 2-0. Two, nil. Take two any that's a bit like a Desmond. It's a bit of like a Desmond. <laughs> there we go. That's it. We've done the predictions. That You've heard the results now. Get your money on. And uh, I'd like to thank Martin Lipton and Chris Paros for joining me here at the Albany. Thank you all for coming, audience as well. And uh, thanks for listening around the world. Theo Delaney here signing off saying, Kill you, Spurs! If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.